0: Turn with me to Matthew chapter nine. I do feel a direction from the Lord here, and um, the Lord spoke to me this word in preparation for this. And um, I feel that I feel that God is going to minister to somebody here tonight. I believe that our young people are going to leave here changed. I believe all of us, by the power of God, can be changed here tonight. And uh, I'm just so thankful for this opportunity. Amen. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus went about into all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of their kingdom, and healing sickness from every disease among the people. Verse 36, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as a sheep having no shepherd. Then he said unto his disciples, the harvest, somebody say the harvest, Truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Somebody say his harvest. His harvest. Praise God. If With the help of the Holy Ghost tonight, I want to speak for a few moments on 11, 11th hour anointings. Praise God. 11th hour anointings. I wonder if we could set our Bibles down and one more time just lift our hands. Let's ask for the help of the Holy Ghost tonight to receive the word of the Lord. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, God, we take authority over every distraction, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, God, I'm praying that your anointing, Lord, would be loosed in this place tonight, God. Lord, that somebody would be set free under the power of the Holy Ghost, God. God, anoint my lips, Lord, to speak what the Spirit is saying unto the church here tonight, God. Lord, we receive the word of the Lord tonight. Help us to receive what's in this atmosphere, I pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus Hallelujah. Can we just worship Him right now? Let's just lift our voice for a moment. If you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, I wonder if you could just begin to pray in that beautiful language tonight. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. You may be seated tonight. There's no shortage of harvest. The prayer of Jesus in this, in this story was not that you would pray for a, a harvest. He didn't say pray that God would send a harvest, but rather he prayed for laborers. There's, there's harvest everywhere. You go to your school, you go to your job, everywhere you look, there are souls that are ready to be harvested. Praise God, there's, there's souls and people that are needing to be reached. Every street corner of this city, every, every town in this province, every, every province in this nation, there are souls and there is a harvest field. Everywhere you look, there is a harvest field. Jesus did not say, pray that he would send a harvest, but rather he said, pray that you would send laborers into his harvest. It wasn't just a generic or a broad statement of a harvest, but it was specific. It was His harvest. And that's referring to a specific place that, that, that is needing to be ministered to. There's people that God is dealing with specifically and working in their hearts and lives. Now, there is a call to just preach the gospel to all the nation. We are called to cast seed. But that's, that's planting. That's not harvesting. That's just sowing seed on ground. Some will fall on good ground. Some on, on thorny ground. But, but the call for our harvest, it's specific. He says, pray the Lord of the harvest would send forth harbors, labors into his harvest. There, there's a particular, I believe, we need to get into the spirit and hear the voice of the spirit. God is reaching for certain areas. God is working in certain people's lives. John 6 and 44, said, Jesus said, No man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me should draw him. You don't, you don't just wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to be baptized. I'm gonna, a drug addict doesn't just wake up one day and say, hey, I'm going to stop using drugs. It's the spirit is drawing towards somebody Philippians 2.13 says, it's God that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now, now that, what that's saying there is you can't even take the desire or the credit for the desire to please him. It's God that works in you to even have desire to serve him. Because some people, I don't know, maybe I'm sure you're not one of them, but there's some people that you hear, they say, well, I just have a desire to praise or to, to worship God. I just have a desire to live for God. And they look down condescendingly at people that are struggling and they think they just need to have a desire. But but they don't understand. They can't even take the credit for that desire that's inside of them because it's God that works inside of us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure And so God is reaching. God is working in people's hearts. And you can't see it always on the outside, but God is working deep down in the soil of people all around you. It was people that I went to high school with that were the very last ones I thought God would ever want anything to do with or they would want anything to do with God. The people that used to make fun of me, the people that used to make all the Christian jokes to me. Young people, you know the drill. You know what it's like. The, The people that I thought would be the last ones Six, seven years ago, go on. I never talked to them. And all of a sudden, they start to reach out to me. Hey, bro, you know, we're connected on Facebook and that. So they see sometimes I'm involved in church things. And they say, hey, man, just wh- wh- what's going on in your life? What's, what's this deal with the church? The people that once persecuted and made fun of it. All of a sudden, through the process of time, God was softening their heart and the seed that was sown began to to have the water poured on. The Bible says one man sows, another man reaps, but it's God that giveth the increase. Or another man waters, but it's God that gives the increase. And so through the process of time, some of the most unlikely people People at my jobs, I was fortunate to have baptized a co-worker of mine at my former job. And he, he was one of the people that I, I didn't think he wanted anything to do with what I was talking about. But through the process of time, you just you sprinkle a little seed and you water it every now and then. I didn't aggressively go after it, but you, you kind of put the bait out there sometimes and see how they respond. And it's the people that you assume, usually you, judging on the appearance of the outside, you think they don't want anything to do with this. But oftentimes, inside their heart, God is dealing with their heart. And so there's a specific harvest. The Bible says, pray that God would send laborers into his harvest. And I believe we need to feel the pulse and hear the whisper of our master where God is trying to reach people. Who is God trying to reach Praise God. It's not realistic to just go and try to, to reach everybody in your class. I think you should try to do that or all your coworkers. But I believe that you have to feel out the spirit where God is trying to reach. Where is the need that Jesus is looking for? There was a great multitudes, but Jesus was listening for t- particular voices. Praise God. The, the need is not for a harvest. The harvest is all around us, but the need is for laborers. Matthew chapter 22 for, or Matthew chapter 20, rather, for the sake of time. I won't read all that scripture, but most of us know the parable of the sower, or not, rather not the sower, but the, the, the husbandman that sent laborers out into the field. He goes at the very first hour, and the Bible says, early in the morning to, out, to labor, hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And around the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and it goes on. He goes at the sixth hour, and he begins to hire people. And he goes at the ninth hour, and then finally at the 11th hour. Now, this is a 12-hour day. I don't know what time they would have started. Maybe it was 7 in the morning, 6 in the morning. And so people that started at 6 o'clock, he sends them out. He goes around 9 o'clock and gets some people, goes around lunchtime. And then at 5 o'clock, right before the shift is about to end, he goes and he gets more laborers, and he hires them. And the Bible says that the reward was Equal. Praise God, but we could not have those those later laborers, the 11th hour laborers, if it was not for the early ones. This church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. It's the apostles, the lifestyle, and, and, and the, doc, the, the, the documents of Dr. Luke in the book of Acts of all the notable miracles that happened. The apostles living out the very scriptures that we memorize today. That, those were the first hour laborers that went out into the field that God, went. Jesus went calling, follow me. And he began to send people out into different areas. But here we are now. I believe we are living in the 11th hour. I don't believe there's another generation after this that God is going to be sending into the harvest. I believe this is the generation upon whom the ends of the earth has come upon. I believe this is the generation that is going to see unprecedented revival. This is, and this is happening all across the world. If you're not, if you're not aware of it, you need to, to wake up and see what God is doing. All the crusades that are happening. I have friends that that have, when they're in high school, they reached over 40 or 50 people. One service, I had a friend, Brother Imani in Ontario, youth president there. When he was 16 or 17, brought 50 people in one night to his church. Told his pastor, said, hey, pastor, I might have a couple people coming tonight. He's like, okay, cool. 50 people showed up from his school. He brought the whole basketball team. There was teachers there. And through him, God has begun to fill many people, many of his friends with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I believe this is the 11th hour generation of whom God is putting this anointing upon. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, a, I'm an end times guy. I love eschatology. I'm a doom and gloom kind of person by nature. I, I, I see what's going on in the world and the globalists and the one world agenda. And man, I can get on that rabbit trail for hours But I choose rather not to look to the evil that's going on in the world for the sign of the end times. But like Peter said in the book of Acts, this is that which is spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all people. I choose to look to what God is doing, rather not what the devil, not what the Antichrist is doing. I want to know what the Holy Ghost is trying to do in this generation. And I believe it's indicative of the time that we're living in. Now now G, uh, Peter said then that these this is the last days in the last days I, and that was 2,000 years ago, people think, man, well, how can that be the last days? But I believe that urgency of the end times when it's upon you, when that comes upon the, each generation, and people, people will mock, the Bible says, saying, where's the sign of his coming? They've been saying that for years and back, and some of you are old enough, I'm not, but I've heard about 1988 and all the hysteria and the hype that was built up to that, but many generations before thought, for sure, this is the last generation Praise God. But I don't think that's wrong to preach that. And they may have been wrong. Maybe Jesus didn't come then. But it put an urgency. It put an urgency in the people to evangelize. It put an urgency in people's hearts to be right with God. Because God could come at any moment for individuals. Your life could be over with just a snap of his fingers. But, but I really do believe as most generations have, but I, I, I'm fully convinced. I won't get into the end time stuff here, but there, there's so little of what needs to be put in place for Jesus to come. Whether you're pre-trib or post-trib, mid-trib or, or pan-trib, I believe that all the things are put in place. If you're pre-trib, you ought to really believe that, that Jesus could come at any moment because everything, the wars that are imminent right now, everything that's going on in the world, I'm telling you, it's a sign of the end times. Praise God. But another sign is that there's people that are being reached. There's P7 groups being started all across North America. CMI, campus ministry groups, and people that are getting the Holy Ghost and Bible studies. Praise God, I want to be a part of that harvest. And I believe this is the 11th hour. I don't believe that we have much more time to fool around. I don't believe we have much more church services to mess around and kind of just go through the motions. We don't know how many church services we have left. Praise God. That's why every time we come in the house of God, we ought to worship like it could be the last service praise god and so i I challenge you tonight if you if you've been reserving maybe for when you really believe the last time is coming you don't need to do that anymore tonight could be the last night we ought to worship god like it's our last night to worship him praise god can we clap our hands this is the 11th hour anointing praise god so we labor after the works of the early church and the first hour labors and the third hour labors through the dispensation and time of of the church age, there has been many labors that have gone before us, paving the road to where we are today. We have such an apostolic heritage. Praise God! As recently of this past century, great men and women of God, you're no stranger to the to the apostolic heritage that is in this province. Brother Benny, the merchant C. B. Dudley, brother John men that that because he left. This field and this harvest field in New Brunswick and came to Nova Scotia. I'm standing before you today. I'm telling you, I'm thankful for my heritage. I'm thankful for the laborers that have gone before us. If it was not for that great man, Brother John Men, coming from this field to the field next door in Nova Scotia, there would be no churches He went there at the young age of 18 or 20 and came and started a multitude of churches in Nova Scotia and one of them where I'm now, the youth pastor at, he started that church in Halifax. I'm thankful for the labors that have gone on before us. Praise God. But I truly believe that this generation, as these elders begin to pass on and it creates a prophetic vacuum in the spirit. We've seen through COVID so many great men and women of God that have gone on to meet the reward and it's created this vacuum in the kingdom of God, a space that needs to be occupied. And I believe that there's anointings and there, there's mantles that were left behind when these people passed on to glory. I believe that God is just looking for a generation of young people that stands up and says, oh, where is the God of Elijah? Where is the God of John Mann? Where is the God of C.B. Dudley? Where is the God, praise God, of our forefathers, Praise God. Is, there a, is this a generation that is looking for that anointing? I believe I'm in an apostolic church of people that, that, that desire that great anointing. This is an incredible church with a great standard of excellence. I, I, I cannot speak highly enough of this church, but I'm here to preach to some young people here today because I'm young. I won't preach to the older ones, but if you want to receive it, go ahead. But let me preach to the young people for a moment. It's time to step up to the hour and realize this is the hour that God is calling. God is looking for laborers. The, 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 man, the, the, the hirers in the courtyards looking for laborers in the 11th hour. Praise God. I don't believe that these 11th hour workers had time to go through a two-week orientation, job training, you know, you know the whole deal. Go through the resume, do the job interview. Yeah, we'll consider your application. We'll get back to you. I believe this is the hour that that labor. he said, I have a, this wasn't just some dead-end job. This was a harvest that they had to harvest before the time was filled and so if they didn't get that harvest it would go bad and so I believe there was an urgency in this man when he he went out in the first hour and thought okay well maybe this is enough and then by the third hour I better get a couple more people and then by the 11th hour there's still a harvest and he said man I got to get anybody that is willing to serve and so he goes out I don't believe he had time to to go through resumes and go I believe he's just looking for whosoever will who would ever stand up and say here I am God send me Praise God, is there a young person here today you're gonna wave your hand and say, God, here I am, use me, Lord, send me, oh God praise God. I never would have thought I'd be standing before you tonight. I never thought I would be a youth pastor. I never would have thought I'd be the district youth president. I I never even thought that I would be able to walk consistently with God. I was a bound up teenager and I shared some of my testimony this morning, but I never thought God, I never could imagine God would use somebody like me. God, what do I have to offer? I kind of was like Moses, God. And once God began to deal with me, I gave him a whole list of excuses why he couldn't use me. I disqualified myself. God, why? I'm not good at public speaking. God, I'm not good with this. I'm not good with that. But regardless god seen a willing heart there was if i can say anything i got to a point where god broke me down where i just said god nevertheless lord if you will use me god i'll go wherever you send me to go i'll preach to whoever you tell me to preach to god i'll reach and and because of that i i'm now i've reached people at my job site i baptized them in the name of jesus christ praise god i've been able to reach some friends that i went to high school with and god is just looking for a willing vessel that will say god here I am, Lord. I might not have much. I might not have much to offer, but I'm willing to be used, God, if you could use me. Praise God. Not only do I believe that there's not this, this, this process of, of, of selection, I believe God is just using whosoever will. I believe you must be a vessel of honor. I, must, I believe you must be born again of the water and of the spirit. But I believe God's just looking for a, a willing vessel. But I also believe that, that the same tools, the same provisions that was given to the early church, God is willing to give it to us. What sense would it make if he, to the first hour workers, he said, "Here, You can have this rotor tiller. You can have this Kubota. You can have this John Deere. And the 11th hour workers, man, you got to use a spade you got to use it you got to use a rake do it all by hand no i believe whatever miracles that 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 the early church were witnessing i believe it's for this generation today i believe the miracles that brother john man experienced time would not allow me to tonight to tell you but the miracles that that man would experience the miraculous provisions of god i've experienced it myself i'm telling you there is miraculous provisions when you begin to step into the will of god praise god i believe the miracles and the anointing that was a upon the early church not only is available to this generation but like pastor lehman said tonight that it begins to grow as it flows down i believe there's a compounding nature to the anointing of god as it begins to go down from one generation into the next through submission through the obedience to the man of god i believe you can receive that kind of anointing how many wants that anointing tonight hallelujah let's clap our hands in tonight Praise God. I'm telling you, there is an 11th hour anointing for this generation. God is not setting us up for failure. God is not setting us up for defeat. I'm telling you, individual predestination is not a thing. The individuals cannot be predestined, but I tell you, the church is predestined. And the church is predestined for glory and for victory. And the Bible says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. That's not saying the church's gates that the devil is gonna. It's, people sometimes misquote that, and that the, the hell will not prevail against the gates of the church. No, the Bible says that the gates of hell, the defense system and mechanism of hell, cannot prevail against the church. The Bible says the kingdom suffereth violent, and the violent take it by force. I I believe this is a generation that rise up and say, Hey, we're taking back the captives. We're taking we're going after the backsliders. We're going after them that have fallen away. Praise God! Is there anybody here tonight? You some friends you got to reach. There's some family members, you say, hey, God, I'm not satisfied, God. I want more, oh, God. <laughs> there needs to be a, a, a tenacity and a, 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 a just the determination to say, hey, God, I'm going after it. Not this passive, well, God, Jesus, I pray that you just touch so-and-so and move upon them. Sometimes I, I pray, find myself praying prayers like that. But there ought to be something that rises up, the anointing that gets on you and say, hey, Satan, you can't have my children. Satan, you're not having my brother. You're not having my sister. You're not having my family. You're not having my friends. And you begin to plead the blood and you begin to go after it in the spirit. Praise God. God, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against spiritual wickedness in high places, principalities, powers and so there's things you got to go after in the spirit and it's only through that anointing only through that anointing and i've and you know what that anointing is like you feel it when you begin to worship god you feel it when you begin to speak the name of jesus you feel it when the man of god gets up and speaks the word of faith you feel that anointing coming upon you that's the 11th hour anointing i believe on this generation And when you feel that anointing, I felt it come on me before when I was at work. And I'm like, oh, man, God, I just, I feel your spirit working on me right now. I was working in one particular building where there was, during COVID, there was only three of us in this garage that we're in. And, man, I just, I don't know, maybe a wire got disconnected in my brain. But I just, I started preaching to them. I just, I said, you know what? I'm going all in. I knew these guys pretty well. And I would start to preach them. And Peter said unto them, (laughs) Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. And I would begin to tell them and preach to them: you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. I, you think I'm kidding right now? I'm dead serious. I begin to preach to them, and I watch God begin to work on them. And glory be to God! I've already baptized one of them. There, praise God! I'm here to tell you: it's that anointing that comes upon you. Praise God! You you, you may not understand it. You may not. You see, the beauty of God's kingdom is you don't have to comprehend to apprehend spiritual things you don't have to fully comprehend it but when you feel that anointing coming upon you that boldness begins to come on you and you begin to rise up with that that righteous anointing that's on you and god will begin to use you first john 2 and 26 says i write these things unto you about those that are trying to deceive you but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you somebody say in you And you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. There is an anointing, I believe, for this generation. See, you may be trying to reach people and just kind of get them on an intellectual level and say, well, you know, you start going through the things. Well, you know, how could there be a God if, you know, a creation without a creator? And you can try to, I've done that stuff, apologetics. I've never seen anybody reach through human intellect and reasoning. Well, you know, how can there be a building without a builder? And, how, and that stuff is good. You ought to be able to give an answer. But I've tried that stuff. i try to reason with them and negotiate with them, come to some sort of agreement. I'm telling you, there's no spiritual activity in that. We just walk away thinking the same thing. But but the moment, and there's another instance at my former job, there's a guy... He was, he was detailing a car. I worked at a grads with car detailing and things like that. And he was detailing a car, and the dash cam came down. It hit him right on the eyeball and actually tore his eye. He had to go to the hospital. Came back the next day, his eyes swollen shut. He was pussing and gross. And, like, bro, what are you doing here? He's like, my wife's on mat leave. I, I got to work. And I was like, all right, man. And, and I, just, I just felt that, Oh, he's, he's cleaning the car. And I'm like, I feel like God wants to touch him. I just, ah brush it off like I have before and oh I just I can't get away from it how many know what I'm talking about I just I felt that anointing I felt God reaching for him that there was a his harvest was available and so I just uh, bro I call him by his name I said I just I feel like the I need to pray for you right now he said all right and he just kind of stands there and I said, by the authority of the name of Jesus, by the power of the word of God, I command every infirmity to leave. I speak healing into his eye in Jesus' name. And maybe you know what I'm talking about. You know when you, you, someone feel like you can see somebody feel, I'm like, I could, I asked him, I said, you felt that, didn't you? Yeah, I felt that. I said, I felt you feel that. Praise God. I said, that's the Holy Ghost. I believe God is going to touch your eye. And his eye was swollen shut. He was on these, these antibiotics for it. A few hours later, his eye was completely healed. He came to me and said, bro... Now, he had a Christian background, but he wasn't right with God. But he came to me and said, Bro, uh, my eye, God, God healed my eye. And I just began to rejoice there. I didn't care who was watching. And let me tell you, you better believe there was people watching and taking note of that. That's because when the anointing of God is upon you, when you go into agreement with God and say, God, here I am, use me, Lord. So how many's prayed that before? You've prayed, God, use me. And then God tries to use you. God, what are you doing? You want me to pray for them right, right here, right in the middle of the store? You want me to? I, but when that anointing gets upon you, you you need to learn to just not care what people think. God is if you if you believe that greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. I'm telling you, it can't go wrong. If God is reaching for them, there's a purpose. God doesn't waste His time. I don't believe in coincidences. Coincidence is a, is an, is creating an opportunity for God to be absent. So I believe if I bump into somebody, especially in a city of half a million people, if I bump into somebody that I know there's a purpose, and so when I bump into them I'm, I'm trying to be careful, God, what are you doing? God is there a need I can I can minister to and if you would learn to have that that towardsness to God's voice and spirit of God working, you'll begin to feel you begin to discern things, hey bro, is there a, is there anything I can pray about for you? Hey, hey, bro, I just I feel I can't explain. You can just be transparent. I don't know what I'm feeling right now, but I just feel like God wanted us to be here. Is there something I can pray about? And you'll be surprised the doors of opportunity God would open up. But but there has to be that anointing that comes upon you. There has to be that sensitivity to the voice of God. There has to be that desire that God, who are you reaching for today? There's a day, every morning I get up, there's many different prayers I like to pray. But one of them is, God, order my steps today, God. God, let my paths cross with somebody that needs to hear from you today, God. Let my paths cross with somebody that's hungry for you today. Maybe you've had experiences where you, you began to witness to somebody and they, there was no desire you just move on to where there's somebody there is desire don't let the devil get in your mind and convince you that there's not hungry people i'm telling you there there is hungry people in your schools There there is hungry people on your jobs i don't care if they have another religion i'm telling you there's i've watched people with other religions and other religious backgrounds than christianity be open to the gospel There's a hunger and there's a desire for something that's greater. And you better believe they can see it. You better believe when you show up, the atmosphere begins to change. Young person, you better believe that when you walk into the room, that when you're walking in the Holy Ghost, there's a shift in the atmosphere. When you're walking in the Spirit, when you're prayed up and you walk into the room, just your very presence begins to order the atmosphere. Praise God. We need that anointing. Hallelujah. Not only do we need the anointing, but we must desire that anointing. We must must not just desire, but we also must guard that anointing. There's many stories in the Bible of, of men of God that just, they had that anointing, but but they didn't really desire it. They really didn't take care of it. You know, you see that with Saul, that he was anointed of God, but 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 he he just didn't really he didn't really care about that anointing. You see it with Hophni and Phineas. You see it with with Samson. He was anointed of God. He was consecrated, sworn under a Nazarite vow, and, and he just he began to play with the things of the world. And you can't play with the things of the world and be anointed. You can't serve two masters. And I kind of talked about that this morning, but there's a wrestling. If you're, if you're feeling a wrestling, maybe there's, there's two masters that you're trying to serve. But, but, but Samuel, or sorry, Samson, he, he, he was anointed of God and he began to mess around, be in places he shouldn't be, visiting the camp of the Philistines and then going back and going down and, and flirting with this girl and then going back. And, and he was messing around and began to touch some unclean things and just here a little and there a little, began to begin to let his boundaries drop and he despised that anointing. Now, 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 in his last days, we know the story that he got right with God, but, but I'm telling you, you don't have to have that kind of defeat that Samson had, praise God. If you will cherish that anointing, who knows the great victories Samson would have gone on to do. In his death, there was more victory in that, and it was, I believe, a type of Jesus Christ that through his death would be the greatest victory. But, but who, how, who knows the things that Samson could have gone on to do? So we must preserve that anointing. We must desire that anointing and cherish it. You can't be like Hophni and Phinehas just casually going into the holy things and then touching the profane things and, and praying in the Holy Ghost on Sunday evening and then, and then messing around on Saturday or on, on Monday morning at school. We have to you have to walk consecrated and set apart. That's what Samson's job was as a Nazareth. He was set apart. There was a certain guideline that he had to go by. Praise God. And some people look at the, the word of God as as this this restricting thing. But it's not. It's a guideline of how you can be separate and holy unto God. And what it does is it protects you from some things. It gives a covering through, through the word of God. When you obey the word of God, people look at it as a rule book. But what it is is it's guardrails that prevent you from experiencing. There's certain things that you shouldn't know what it's like. There's certain things in the world that, that, that God has not ordained that you would ever have to know what it's like. Praise God. But, but when, you're, when you're anointed you, you, you don't have this fear of, of blending in. When you're anointed of God, you're, you're, you're willing to be separate and set apart. I, I remember what it's like in high school. I struggled. You didn't really want people knowing that you're a Christian. I was the only apostolic Christian in my school. There was one other girl that said she was something else but didn't, didn't really live it. And so I was the only person in my school. That, that, was, that was desiring to live for God. I got right. I got filled with the Holy Ghost when I was in grade 11, going into grade 12. And I, I know what it's like, the fear of blending in. And then I went to college and uh, took a trade. And I remember I started off the year, I was still coming to God and still go, working through some things. And I remember the pressure to conform. But, but something, there was a change in my life. I just stopped caring what people think about me. I, I don't care what people think if I'm different, if I talk different, if I look different. And by the time I now thank God I, I work at the church now, I'm so honored for that. But my previous job before that, when I started working there, I could care less what people thought of me. I could care less. I, I would pray. That's why I was able to pray for people. That's why I was able to baptize people at my job because I did not care what people thought about me. I felt the persecution at first. But I'm here to tell you that if you will endure that persecution of being different, it's only for a season. That's the devil trying to discourage you. The devil tried to discourage me when I started that job. For about a month, I faced great spiritual opposition. I would show up early for my shift and pray in the car. But I'm telling you, there was a certain point around a month or two months into that job, I felt things begin to shift, and all of a sudden, the devil realized he's not going to intimidate me into being and conforming like everybody else. He's not going to intimidate the devil. I'm not afraid. What what kind of per, uh, persecution might come against me? And we need some young people that will stand up with that boldness, like the apostles did. They beat them. They threw them in prison. Said, "Don't you preach in that name? It's not politically correct." Don't you preach in the name of Jesus and they'll start slapping labels on you. They'll start to call you a bigot and they'll start to call you all these other names and labels so that you'll keep your mouth shut. But I believe there's a generation of young people that are going to stand up and say, hey, I'm not looking to be politically correct. I'm looking to be biblically correct. Whether do I seek to please God or man, I seek to please God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're going to feel that pressure. People in your school constantly going to pressure you to break your covenant because here's the deal. The amount of power that you have is directly correlated to the level of consecration and commitment that is in your life. Let me say that again, young person. The amount of power that God is able to entrust in you and flow through you is directly correlated to the level of commitment and consecration in your life. And so the devil constantly seeks for you to break covenant with God. The devil, and that's why David stands up and said to Goliath, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Uncircumcised circumcision was covenant between God. Who is this person that's not even in covenant of God to stand before me and defy the armies of Israel? Praise God. So the devil constantly will seek to destroy your consecration. The devil will constantly work to try to get you. You all have friends that will say they'll try to get you to drink. They'll try to get you. I remember just silly things. Say a swear word. No, go away. Come on, say say a swear. We we want to hear you swear. We want to hear the Christian kids swear. We want to see the Christian kid drink some alcohol. You're going to, and you, some of you young people know exactly what I'm talking about. People will constantly try to pick and say, hey, why don't you just dress like this? Why don't you go do that? Why don't you come to this place? Because they're trying to break that covenant with God. Because the devil knows if he can break your covenant if you can get Samson to cut his hair and break his covenant, he will lose all power. The devil is attacking young people to break covenant and to try to go into alliance and allegiance with the world so that you will lose that covenantial power. But I'm here today, today tonight that we need some young people to rise up and say, I'm not afraid to be different. I'm not afraid to be in covenant. I'm not afraid to look different and talk different because yeah. that's where my power comes from. Hallelujah, I don't plan to be much longer tonight, music can come at this time, that might rush me to finish up here tonight, Matthew chapter 21, Matthew 21, 28, Jesus gave a story unto the disciples and said, what think ye, a certain man had two sons, and he came to the first son and said, son, go today and work in my vineyard, and he answered and said, I won't, I will not. But afterward, he repented, and then he went. And the second came and said, likewise. Or he came to the second and said, likewise. And he answered, sir, I go. And then he went not. Whither of the two did the will of his father? And they said unto him the first. Then Jesus said unto them, verily I say unto you, the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. There's a parable of lots of people that said, God, one son said, yeah, I'll go into the field. But then he didn't. And then there's the other son, and that's kind of how I found myself as a young person, that he said, go into the field. And I said, I'm not going. Kind of like the Jonah response. He sends him to Tarshish, or to Nineveh, and he says, nah, I'm just going to go to Tarshish. And so I kind of found myself along lines with that, but I've watched other people that said I'll say yes to the things that God me and Pastor Alex were talking we look back at photos of youth camps from years ago and we go through and we see all the people that we wept in the altar with the people that felt the call to go into the harvest field people I had friends that had a call to missions I had friends that felt to go to Bible school and then go to the mission field but I'm here to to tell you that just because you say you're going to go there was lots of people that said they would go and then they didn't and maybe you're sitting here tonight saying, God, I can't, I can't be used. I'm not going. But it's not too late to stand up and say, God, nevertheless, whatever you want, God, not my will, but thy will be done. I shared the testimony this morning of how I felt the call of God on my life, and I tried to run as far from it as I could, tried to join the military, just couldn't feel, went down to the recruitment office and talked to the guy, and he's like, he was just pumping me up. And um, I took the application home, and I filled it out, and it just sat on my nightstand for a number of weeks and just couldn't bring myself to take it down. I knew God was want me to go to Bible school. And I knew God was calling me to greater things, and I just said, God, I, I can't. I can't. You don't understand, God. I've messed up, God. I'm, I have all these struggles that I still struggle with. I don't have it together, God. I just, I can't. And I would try to run from it, and I went through a season where God, before I went to Bible school, God laid me off of work and I could not get a job anywhere. I applied all for my trade. I, I took HVAC. I started applying all across pretty much Atlantic Canada. I'm like, well, man, I got to work somewhere. So I started applying to just anywhere, and nobody would hire me. I'm like, God, what's the deal? And God began to work on me, and I said, All right, God. God was calling me to go somewhere, and I wouldn't go. And then I said, God, I'll go. And I came to this great, great city for three years of my life in Fredericton, went to Bible school. and. Even after that, I said, well, God, you know, I I don't have much to offer, God. I can't really. And I go to Halifax, and Pastor Justin, I give honor to him tonight. And he invites me to be the the youth pastor there at the church. And I just, I struggle. I said, I can't be a youth pastor. How can I train some young people? God, I have all these faults. I begin to talk with God. and, And it goes on, becoming the youth president. God, how can I be the youth president? God, I can't. God, anytime he puts something to me, I, but then I say at the end of the day, nevertheless, God, not my will, but thy will be done. I just, I'm here to tell you tonight, young people, you may never could imagine yourself preaching during a youth service. Maybe you can't picture yourself even praying for someone to receive the Holy Ghost. But I'm here to tell you tonight, do not disqualify yourself because of your current circumstance. God does not call the qualified, but God qualifies the call. The called. And if you will answer that call tonight, many are chosen, or many are called, but few are chosen. The call is going out right now in this sanctuary tonight as we get ready to close. We can stand tonight. The call is going out. But how many are going to respond to that call? Maybe it's an older person here tonight. Maybe it's been a few years you've been going to church and you kind of just go through and you've been a faithful saint and you've been a pillar but you know that god is calling you to something greater maybe god's calling you to a to a life of prayer a a deeper prayer life to cover the ministry team in prayer maybe god is calling you to to uh, to reach people at your job whatever it might be i'm here to tell you tonight if you will answer that call there is an anointing that is waiting There is an anointing that is waiting to those that will receive the call. Praise God. And when that labor and the man went out and got the labors for the 11th hour, I believe all the provisions that the ones got before him, they were able to receive those. I'm here to tell you tonight, there's provisions, there's anointing here tonight for those that are willing to go into the harvest and say, Here I am, God. Send me, Lord, if you can use anything, God, you can use me. Praise God. Can we lift our hands here tonight? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I feel like there's a young person here that God is ministering to tonight. Hallelujah. You felt it while I'm speaking tonight, and you probably won't remember this message. But I I believe that God is putting a call into somebody's life here tonight. And I believe you're going to look back at this night and say, that is the night that I surrendered my everything to God. That is the night that I laid it all before Him. I can take you to the places where that was for me. I could take you to the place at Miller Lake Campground where I laid on that old dirty floor on my face, on the concrete, and I left a big puddle of tears and snot. I can take you to the places even in this sanctuary and over at the Bible College where I just lay before God and say, God, God, if you can use God, I'm a mess my life. I don't have it together. But God, if you can use anything, God, would you use me tonight? And I'm telling you, God will take you places you never thought you would go. God will open doors you never thought he could open. I'm telling you, God will give you blessings that you never thought you could receive. Praise God. He gave me a great wife. (laughs) Praise God. More than I could ever ask for. I'm telling you, there's provisions when you answer the call of God. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Isaiah said, He heard the voice saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then he said, then said, I, here am I. Send me. And I'm wondering if that could be the response here tonight. And And the theme that I felt for this weekend was refocus. Refocus. I believe going back into our schools and our campuses and to wherever you may be going in this season, I believe God is calling us to refocus. And that's when I spoke this morning on laying it all before God, but I believe God is wanting us to refocus and renew tonight. I believe God is calling us to renew some promises and some consecrations because I believe that this is, I believe, can I just tell you what I feel here tonight? I believe that you will respond tonight. God is going to birth some things, P7 groups. CMI campuses in the city of Fredericton, New Brunswick. I believe, God, in this next season, if you will commit your hand to the plow and not look behind you and just do the work of God. Young person, hear me tonight. You, you might say, I've never taught a Bible study in my life. Just want to go get my degree, God. Just leave me alone. But I'm telling you, if you will, if you will be sensitive to the voice of God, God can use you to start a P7 group. God can use you to start a campus ministry outreach. How how can you know if God wouldn't do it if you never try? The Bible says in Psalm one and verse three, it says, "Whatsoever He doeth shall prosper." God can't prosper something you're not doing. God can't. God will reach my friends. We'll start going and reaching them. Start talking to God. I pray for, for campus ministry outreaches. <laughs> well, here's the answer for you. Go. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, go. Start talking to people. Start handing out invites. Hey, we're just looking at, if you'd be interested, we're, we haven't started it yet, but we're just looking for people that might be interested in talking about the Bible. You can, you can do it however you want, but I believe that God will lead you to hungry people, and I believe if you put it in the hands of God, it might be a humble beginning at first, but I believe you can have groups of 80 people in your campus ministry. I believe in the city, and maybe you have some already, I don't know. But but maybe in the, in the, in the high schools, there can be a 200-person, young-person group, P7 group. I'm telling you, I believe I'm looking at some young men and some young women that are going to do great things for the kingdom of God. But God is just looking for somebody that will say, here I am, God. Send me and I'll go. Hallelujah. I want us to respond and I don't wonder if we could just lift our hands and we could lift our voice. I know this wasn't an eloquent message tonight, but I really feel like the urgency of the hour is upon us, that it's time to awaken to the hour. Hallelujah. That this is the generation whom God has ordained to do great things. As I read one final scripture, the end of the book of Hebrews chapter 11 after it goes through the whole chapter of the heroes of faith, David and Abraham and and Moses and all these great heroes of the faith, he goes down and credits and gives accolades to these great men and patriarchs and great women of God. And he ends the very last verse of that and says this, And these all, having attained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they that are without us should not be made perfect. Or, in another translation, complete. All the, It's like a relay race. It doesn't matter if they broke record time, the three runners behind you, if the last runner does not step up to the challenge and take the baton. It's all in vain. And I'm here to tell you, if all the generations that are labored before us, they could not be made complete. They could not be made perfect if it's not for us, apart from us. And so with that urgency and importance, I believe God is pouring out anointings that people would once toil 20 years for a 20-year prayer life before you could have on a ministry like that but we're seeing young preachers in their in their teens in their 20s in their 30s preaching with great anointing and i heard an older preacher say it's hard sometimes because we didn't have preachers like that that was something you had to labor for hour or for years to get that kind of anointing and now we have young preachers that preach with such anointing that that even the, the generations before them say we haven't seen that kind of anointing that's no credit to that individual but the credit is to the God that sees the urgency of the hour. And God, it, it's a favoring fair. Praise God, but when the favor of God comes upon you, young person, I believe, I pray, I, I pray there's some preachers in my youth group that rise up to be a better preacher than I am. They better rise up and be a better preacher than I am. I don't get intimidated by that when I see somebody that God is using, but that excites me when I see a young man and a young woman being used by God doing the work of God. This is the generation, and the baton is being passed into our hands. I believe through COVID-19, as we've seen great men and women of God that have passed on to receive the reward, I believe that created a vacuum in the kingdom of God. There's anointings, and it's not fair, but, but that's the way the kingdom works. It, it, it has an exp- a compounding nature to that anointing, and if you'll reach out, And that anointing that comes down when Elijah went up into heaven in the whirlwind. Elisha was standing there and said, I want a double portion of your anointing. And that mantle comes down. He said, if you're with me when I go, you will receive that anointing. And so he was with them when he went left. And so I'm here to tell you today, get close to a man of God. Get close to your youth pastor. Get close to to Pastor Lehman and Pastor Matt. Get close to somebody, young ladies, to one of these ladies that are anointed. Praise God, because I'm telling you, there's anointings. Get close to some of these elders that are here tonight. Praise God. You might not see them running the aisles anymore, but you better believe the, the coals are still very hot inside their lives. Praise God. Get close to some elder and begin to get maybe a prayer group going with them being to check in with some old lady or some old man an elder in the church and get connected with them maybe you just need to get a prayer partner I don't know kind of meddling right now but but if you will get connected to somebody i believe that anointing will begin to flow down in your life i'm just a product of the great leaders that are in my life praise god any 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 anointing that i have has come down through the leadership and through the elders that are in my life i'm here to tell you young person tonight if you will reach up and look into heaven there's an anointing that's coming down in this atmosphere tonight i wonder if we could lift our hands right now hallelujah and just begin to receive what's in this atmosphere Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Just begin to open your spirit right now. Hallelujah. Just begin to receive right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah! I feel to do something right now, and if this is all right with Pastor Lehman, but but I wonder if there's if there's some people here tonight, and I'm not talking to the young people right now. Maybe I won't even start calling ages, but somebody you're in the older category and season of life. I, I won't even I won't even give an age, but you, you consider yourself to have walked with God a couple of years. I'm wondering if our young people would come tonight, if we could have some of those the the people from the other generations that will come up and pray for our young people tonight if you would extend your hands towards them i I, want to open this altar right now i don't know how we want to do this maybe young people you would come to this altar tonight or anybody that desires god i want to receive something tonight hallelujah we're going to have we're going to have i want the the generations that are a little older than you to begin to pray praise god we need to plead the blood over our kids more than ever before can i just say that We're living in a day where they're fighting things that I never even had to fight just a few ten years ago. The spirits that are working against them. the, The mental health crisis that is going on. Our young people need prayer. We need to plead the blood. Hallelujah. I wonder if if you could just extend your hands towards them tonight. If you feel to come down here and just lay hands on them, I think that would be all right. But young people, I want you to lift your hands right now and just begin to receive of the Holy Ghost tonight. I need some parents and I need some elders here tonight. Would you just reach your hands forth to our young people and just begin to pray, such as I have, give I unto thee in the name of the Lord Jesus. (laughs) hallelujah i believe there's going to be impartation here tonight young people just begin to open your your spirit and begin to receive it like a cup receives water tonight there's an anointing that is coming upon you for this season god is going to use you to be strong and do exploits Hallelujah. I know this was a different service tonight. Praise God. I know this wasn't your typical message, but I believe God is right now releasing on this generation an apostolic anointing that this world has never seen before. I believe you're going to see the dead raised. You're going to see people healed getting up out of hospital beds. I believe that there's going to be thriving P7 groups. I believe there will be a thriving youth group in this church in the name of the lord jesus in the name of the lord jesus receive it tonight in the name of jesus receive that anointing tonight in the name of jesus hallelujah here i am lord use me send me oh god I feel it shifting right now. I feel it shaking. I, I need some people to begin to lift up their voice right now. Begin to pray with boldness here tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, elder, come plead the blood over your young people here tonight. I need some parents right now begin to plead the blood over your children as they go back to school in these next couple of weeks. I believe they're going to go in the power of the spirits. I believe they will turn the schools upside down. Hallelujah. I believe it because the Word of God says it. That in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and young men shall see visions. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.